Welcome to Presence Church Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit PresenceOC.org. I'm excited. Uh, if joy comes in the morning, then it's always morning in the kingdom of God. Um, coffee's wonderful. I like how it tastes. But uh, the joy of the Lord is better than coffee. <laughs> the presence of God in his presence, his fullness, his joy, his right hand pleasures forevermore. And you guys are here and you brought him with you. There's no place he would rather be than associated with you. And you coming here to be together as a family on Sunday morning means that God came with you. How many of you guys are aware of just God's presence here? Isn't that amazing? That's amazing. I just love that there's a bunch of first-time visitors. Every week we have more first-time people. It's awesome. If everybody came, we wouldn't have room. It's going to happen one of these weeks. I'm excited. I'm excited for what God's doing. Highly honored to be with you. As Jesse said, my name's Chris. I'm part of the team here. Um, what's my title? Director of Fun? Yes. I think that's what we decided. My title's, my title's Director of Fun. It's awesome. I consider it a high honor to get to work with these guys. Uh, I'm going to brag on Jesse for a sec. If you haven't noticed, people hang out here after church for like an hour just talking to each other, which is not normal in most places you go. That's something that Jesse's actually cultivated, and that's something that he does so well is family. And like, if you are looking for a place to fit in, if you don't fit here, we'll try to help you find a place. But I encourage you, come a few weeks in a row, come check it out, come feel what it's like, hang out with people after. Like, this is a place of connection, a place of intimacy. This guy does it. I know this guy really well. We've known each other for a long time, and I just wanted to honor you, dude, because I love you. And I know you don't like that in front of everybody, but I don't care. I got the microphone. I'm going to get my Bible. Why don't you guys go with me to Acts chapter 3. Acts chapter 3. We're going to be doing, um, we're, we're continuing this series on healing. It's part of a larger series of In His Presence where we're just kind of going over stuff that, that kind of fits with some of our core values here as a community. Um, oh, that's not working. How's that going? Kind of... <laughs> Acts chapter 3. So we're continuing this series on healing this week, uh, and just go there with me. Set the stage for you for a second. The disciples have been filled with the Holy Spirit. They've been impacted by God's presence. That's what life's all about, experiencing God's presence. And here we find them in verse 1. Peter and John were going up to the temple at the ninth hour, the hour of prayer. And a certain man who had been lame from his mother's womb was being carried along, whom they used to set down every day at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful. Say Beautiful. Beautiful. In order to beg alms of those who were entering the temple. And when he saw Peter and John about to go into the temple, he began asking to receive alms from them. And Peter, along with John, fixed his gaze upon him and said, Look at us. And he began to give them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Peter said to him, silver and gold have I none, but what I do have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And taking his hand, he lifted the man up, and immediately his body was strengthened. And he began to walk and leap and praise God. All the people saw him walking and praising God and they were taking note of him as being the one who used to sit there. And they were filled with wonder and amazement. 
at what had happened to him. Miracles, what's the point of them? We don't seek them in themselves. The reality is the Bible tells us that uh, miracles follow those who believe. What is the requirement for you to see the miraculous break forth through your life? The only requirement is that Jesus Christ is alive. Isn't that a good requirement? That means all the requirements have been fulfilled. You simply get to believe what's already true. When Jesus Christ went to the cross, he became all of the limiting factors that separate you from the breakthroughs that you're longing for in your life. It says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, he made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf, that we are now the righteousness of God in him. What does that mean that you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus? That means that you're everything good about God in the earth. Where are you getting this stuff from, Chris? The Bible. Why do we talk about miracles in the church? Why do we talk about healing? Well, the Bible talks about it a lot. The Bible is filled with supernatural expressions of a supernatural God. When you see a miracle, it changes the way you think. When you experience a miracle, it changes everything forever. Uh, just a couple nights ago, I was out in uh, Riverside, California, and we were there. There was a woman there. She had, had uh, been walking barely with a cane for about 10 years. She's sitting in the third row of the church. During um, just the message, she started weeping. So I went over to her. I said, what's going on with you? She said, I feel God's presence all over my body. So what does that feel like? She's described heat surging through her legs. I said, are you normally in pain? She says, yes, all of the time. I said, are you in pain now? She said, no. I said, why don't you go for a little walk? She went for a little walk. She didn't need her cane anymore. The power of God completely healed her. She was walking, and she was leaping, and she was praising God. That's what happens when Jesus shows up to church, amen? Jesus gets to show up not only to church, but we get to have church everywhere. I love church. I love church so much that I love to have it everywhere. I was with my friend one time. We were at a restaurant um, in a large city. Uh, we were there ministering. It was in Mexico City, if you're wondering where it was. We went to this restaurant after the service, and my buddy looks at me, and uh, he says, I think God wants to do something here in the restaurant. I said, why? He said, because I just started feeling afraid. Isn't that interesting that my friend interpreted fear as not something coming from him, but as something standing between him and the love of God being made manifest all around him? So we went to the restroom, we washed our hands, we knew God was up to something. Uh, before, before we went to the restroom and washed our hands, the, the hostess had come over, and uh, as she came over to our table, um, one of us said, hey, you got something going on with your knees? We had felt the presence of God just fill our knees, just like an electricity came into our knees. And I said, Somebody, somebody's, you got something going on with your knees? And she said, yeah, I do. My knees are in horrible pain. I said, well, God wants to heal you. Let us pray. Well, before we had the chance to pray, she jumped three feet backwards. She said, what just happened to me? What did you just do to me? People say that all the time. What did you just do to me? I said, I didn't do anything. It's my friend. He travels with me. I travel with him. His name is the Holy Ghost. 
She was completely healed of her affliction. For the next three hours, my friend and I had a revival breakout in a restaurant. We saw over 50 miracles. We saw 30 people give their hearts to Jesus in the middle of the restaurant. And we had some food, too. This is the normal Christian lifestyle. Why do we share testimonies like this? Because they're testimonies not of extraordinary people. They're testimonies of ordinary people who know an extraordinary God. How many of you know an extraordinary God? Raise your hand. God is here to do extraordinary things. If you want to know where you're going, pay attention to the testimonies that you're hearing. Because testimonies literally prophesy to you where God is taking you. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. We mentioned that last week. What does that mean? That what God's done before, he'll do again. When you want to lead someone to the Lord, what do you do? You share how you met Jesus, right? And then they start to experience him, and you lead them to the Lord. It's the same with everything in the kingdom. You share about what he's done, and what he has done is present to do it again. Because when you share about who he is, you're actually sharing his presence. I wasn't going to preach on any of this stuff this morning, but this is wonderful. I'm having fun. What's the first thing the disciples said to the man who was at the gate beautiful? What was the first thing they said to him? The story I read to you, Acts chapter 3. What's the first thing they said? Gold and silver have I none. Is that what they said? It's actually not the first thing they said. Look at us. What led them to say such a powerful thing? They knew that they had something which could be given away. We have something which can be given away. We have been given the Holy Spirit of God. He is a gift. We don't earn him. Go with me back to Acts chapter 3. We're still in there. We're going to keep reading a tiny bit more. I'm going to take you to another portion of Scripture too, but keep reading here for a second. All the people gathered around in amazement. Peter saw this. He said, men of Israel, verse 12, why do you marvel at this? Or why do you gaze at us as if by our own power or piety we made him walk? No, this is the God of your fathers, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, who has glorified his servant Jesus, who you delivered up and disowned in the presence of Pilate. You disowned the holy righteous one, verse 14. You asked for a murderer in his place. But this one God raised from the dead, verse 15 the fact to which we are witnesses. And you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, and even to the ends of the earth. After that, the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You see, when the Holy Spirit is active in our life, the presence of God is active in our life. No longer are natural circumstances limiting to us. No longer do they define who we are, no longer do they define the world around us. I, uh, I brought with me out to Riverside. I don't, I don't know if Curran's here. I don't think they're here today. I brought Curran, a uh, 15-year-old, with me out to Riverside last week, and him and his dad. And it was awesome. Curran was praying for a woman, and she got healed from 1984. She had been in constant pain. She had fallen on her tailbone, broken her tailbone, constant pain. And I told Curran, I said, Curran, just feel the love of God for her. 
We make this thing complicated. Last week I gave you theology of healing. This week I'm giving you some practicals of healing more than theology. Is that okay? We make this thing so complicated because we think it has something to do with us. Why do you look at us as if it's our own piety or our own power by which this man is now walking? Why do you look at us as if we could do this on our own? So first thing they said is look at us. They release the kingdom. And then when everybody's staring, saying, what's so special about these guys? I said, nothing. We're normal people just like you. But there's an extraordinary God who loves to partner with normal people. You see, God doesn't call the, call the qualified. He qualifies the called. You've been qualified in Christ Jesus. Curran ended up praying for this gal. I just said, just put your hand on her shoulder. Just feel God's love for her. As soon as he started feeling God's love for her, she started to tremble. <laughs> Power of God gripped her. She was completely healed. All the pain was completely gone. Kern had another thing. I said, do you have any words for anybody, Kern? He's never done this stuff before. He's never moved in the miraculous. He's never, he's, it's all brand new to him. I love being around people that this is new to. All of us, we, we, we need to learn how to make it new every single day. We need to learn how to not be experts anymore. Some of us, were experts, and we've seen this stuff many a times. This is old hat to us. Other ones of us are experts because we think that we're more qualified, and so we don't actually see enough through our lives. We think that we know about things. We think we know the Bible, but we don't see the evidence of it. Curran uh, said, I, I feel this thing, this pain, like right here below my belly. I said, I said, you don't normally have pain there, right? He says, no, I don't have any pain there. I said, I, he said, I feel this thing right here. He calls it out. Someone's instantly healed. As soon as he spoke the word, the person was healed. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that awesome? I'm going to explain a little bit more about that as we continue. God's in a good mood. Turn to your neighbor and say, God's in a good mood. Flip with me to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We're going to do like different things as we continue over time. We're going to teach through whole books. We are a church that's grounded in Scripture and grounded in the Spirit. We're going to teach through whole books. We're doing a little bit of topical teaching now because we just want people to be activated. We just like, we want to change the world. We were, we were sitting down as a team a couple weeks ago going over our vision, and we we're like, you know what? We need a local vision, a regional vision, and a global vision because we want to change the whole world. We want to see what, what would Costa Mesa look like if everyone was saved, everyone knew who they were in Christ Jesus. What would Costa Mesa look like? Well, that's our vision. That's our vision because that's God's vision. So take that broader, you know, to the ends of the earth. Starting in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1. Now concerning spiritual things, brethren, I don't want you to be unaware. Or uh, I'll give up the Chris translation. Concerning life in the spirit, the word spirit there is the Greek word pneumatikos. It literally means the flowings of the spirit or the graces of the spirit. Before you were led this way or that way by idols. Anybody ever been there before? <laughs> don't raise your hand. <laughs> Jesus said, anyone that says Jesus is Lord can only say it by the Spirit. There are varieties, verse 4, of gifts, but the same Spirit. Varieties of ministries, the same Lord. Varieties of effects, but the same God who works all things. It goes on to describe different 
ways the Spirit manifests himself in our midst. And when I say in our midst, I'm not talking about here on a Sunday morning. I'm talking about here in life. Some of us, we think, oh, well, he's got the gift of that, or she's got the gift of that. No, we have the gift of the Holy Spirit, and he comes fully equipped. Babies are born with all their senses, and you've been born again. To one's given the word of wisdom, to another, word of knowledge, to another, special faith, to another, gifts of healing, to another, effecting of miracles, to another, prophecy. What does that word basically mean? It basically means you hear God. It's not that complicated of a word. It's a pretty archaic word. I actually don't like the word. I try to get rid of it everywhere I go because I'm like, people get weirded out by the word. You say the word prophecy and everybody's thinking, oh, the book of Revelation, end times. You know, I'm like, no, no, no. It says it here, hearing from God. Hearing from God, talking about what he's talking about. And he's talking about nice things. He's talking about the good in people. Why? Because when people experience the goodness of God, they can't help but turn. What if we were to start talking about the goodness of God? Maybe we'd actually see whole cities get saved. What if we were to start talking about the love of God? Maybe whole cities would come to Christ. I was preaching in church one time, and I said, you know, if we'd simply preach the gospel, whole cities would get saved. I'm going to share some funny stories today because I feel like I'm supposed to. Guy in the back of the room stands up in the middle, starts screaming, shut up, shut up, shut up, a demon. (laughs) I said, I didn't know what to do. I said, God, what do I do right now? He said, tell it to be quiet. I was like, that's a novel idea. So I pointed at the guy. I won't point at anybody because, you know, don't want to highlight it. I pointed at the guy, and I said, silence. And he fell over right in the floor. I didn't know what I was doing. I still don't, you know. I said to everybody, I said, you know, there's three ways to bring freedom to people. You can... Truth them with freedom. You shall know the truth, and truth shall make you free. How many of you guys in this room, you got delivered to stuff as soon as you gave your heart to Jesus? Me, I got delivered to alcoholism when I turned my life to the Lord. I was by myself in my apartment. got delivered to depression, suicidal thoughts, all kinds of stuff. The other way you can get rid of stuff like that is you can yell it out. It's not as much fun. Third way is you can love it out. Because perfect love casts out all fear. So we ended up hugging our friend, and he got totally set free of all that junk that was going on. You can do this, too, everywhere you go. If it was love that drove the enemy out of heaven, it is love that will drive Satan out of our cities. Perfect love. And it's the love that you've been filled with in Christ Jesus. You're made in the image of God in God's love. He thinks he did a good job. That is a good word. Is anybody awake in here? It's interesting, the love chapter is sandwiched right between these two chapters on supernatural manifestations. Why? Because there's different ways the Spirit can manifest. You know, I, I've prayed for people. I remember when I first started seeing the healing ministry move through my life. Um, I didn't know what I was doing. I'd seen somebody else do this kind of stuff, and I said, well, if they can do it, I know them. I live with them. I know them. If he could do it, maybe I could do it too. We start trying stuff out. Just laying hands on people in the streets, praying for people. Well, I start seeing everybody get healed. Just start seeing crazy miracles happen on a regular basis down in San Diego about 10 years ago. Just start seeing this stuff. On, I was like blown away. I'm like, this is crazy. These things are loaded. 
I actually, it was funny because I started getting scared to go to the grocery store because I get afraid that I'd be trapped there all day. You see, I had a belief, I had faith because I had seen something that God could do, but I still didn't understand love. And it's something we're all still growing in and we're all still learning about. You see, when you're in love, you can never fail. When you're in love, it's not about you. When you're in love, you're in God. I remember I was on the streets one time in Cuba and there was a woman and she... She was like crippled and all these things were going on. And I heard the Holy Spirit say to me, go and just hug her and then kiss her feet. I didn't even, say, I didn't even tell her anything. I didn't even get to pray for her. Hugged her and she started weeping. I went down, kissed her feet. Just, just the love of God. I could feel, I was weeping as all this is going. The love of God's flowing. Her legs untwisted. She started walking around totally free. If I wasn't there, I might not believe this stuff. I can tell you even, we... I've got crazy stories. We all have crazy stories. If you want crazy stories, just hang out, okay? You're going to get them. Pursue love, verse 1, chapter 14, but earnestly desire the manifestations of the Spirit. Healing the sick is not about our reputation. It's not about our merit. It's not even about our righteousness. We don't earn anything by praying for people. Jesus earns something. He earns the glory he deserves, worship. Jesus deserves that people be made whole. He deserves it. He deserves it. He paid the price for them. If you heard last week, listen to the sermon. I gave a lot of theology on this stuff. I'm kind of not doing that this week because uh, I did it last week. Practical tips for praying for the sick, real quick. I actually used to ask people if I could pray for them, and I got turned down so much that I just quit asking. I just walk up to people, I say, what's going on? You got a brace on your knee, what happened? People love to talk about their problems. Anybody ever been there before? I've been there before myself. The one talking about his problems. I said, oh my gosh, you, you, what, you, you sprained your knee? What's the recovery time on that? Six, wait, six months? That's a long recovery. Oh my goodness, you're in immense pain right now? Oh my goodness. Hey, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to pray for you for five seconds and God's going to heal you. Uh, somebody asked Oral Roberts one time, they said to him, what's the secret to your healing ministry? What's the secret to all these miracles you see? And you know what he said? He said, if God doesn't show up, I'm finished. Somebody asked a a well-known leader today in the body of Christ. They said, how is it that all these supernatural things happen? I realized it has nothing to do with me. God's love. When the love of God manifests through you, you get to experience something special too. Uh, John Wimber, a great founder of the Vineyard Movement, affected Southern California in incredible ways. People would always ask him, they say, where's the meat in your teaching? Where's the meat in your teaching? You know what he'd say to him? The meat is in the streets. What did he mean by that? He said, by that, Christianity is something that is lived out. The true knowledge of Christ is something that's lived out as we realize that Christ in us really is the hope of glory. Look at us. Look at us. Um, I was over on the East Coast, and uh, I was speaking at a church, and 
remember, testimonies are imparting to you, so I'm sharing some details that I wasn't going to share, but I felt felt God on it. So I was uh, during worship, I was laying on the floor, and I was just beholding the Lord. What does that mean? That means I was caught up in his presence, and I began to see the Lord high and lofty and lifted up. And I began to worship him in glory. I began to see his eyes like blazing fire. I began to feel the eminence of his love emanating from his throne. And as I'm there in that place, I'm just weeping. I'm laying there on the floor, tears, all these things. Suddenly, the Lord, he stretches out his hand. Oh, but Chris, are you allowed to see the Lord? Don't you have to, doesn't, don't you have to die if you see the Lord? Well, Jesus stood in front of a whole bunch of people and said, you're blessed if you see God. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. And there is God standing in front of them saying those words. Anyway, just I'll stay off that one. Maybe, maybe some people needed that one. The Lord stretched forth his hand, and I saw this like scroll in his hand. I felt like I was supposed to share this. I hope it's okay. I saw this scroll in his hand, and the scroll unrolls, and there was a name written on it, and the name was Teresa. And so I said, wow, this is weird, Teresa. So when I get up, I'm ministering, I'm preaching, I'm sharing the word, and at the end of the meeting, I said, is there a Teresa here? Pastor starts laughing. I knew God would do something with Teresa. I mean, he wrote it on a big piece of paper and handed it to me, you know? Pastor started laughing. He said, there's a Teresa, she's in the children's church. I found out later she's the most nervous girl in the church. I felt like I wanted to have her come up. So I said, just, just have her come up. She comes up. She's standing next to me. I said, All right, I know this has probably never happened to you before, but right now God is going to speak to you supernaturally, and he's going to give you a word of healing, a word of knowledge for healing for someone here in the room, and there's no way you could naturally know it. She's standing there, and about 10 seconds later, she goes, oh my gosh, my left knee is on fire. I feel this immense heat in my left knee. I said, is there anybody here with a left knee problem? No one raises their hand. Now, mind you, there's 150 people in the church. Someone's got a left knee problem. So I kept pressing and asked a couple times. Eventually, a couple people raised their hand, but one woman in particular raised her hand. I said, why don't you come up here? Teresa prayed for her for five-second prayer. I like to pray quick. I tell people, pray quick so you don't think about the impossibility. Miracles don't always happen right when you pray. They a lot of times happen when you check. But it is impossible to pray and nothing happen. How do you know if you got a miracle? You check. How do you know if your bank account's got an extra million dollars in it, Gene? You check. (laughs) The woman gets prayer, starts moving her knee. Tears start streaming down her face. She collapses to the floor. Teresa, tears start streaming down her face, collapses to the floor. Come to find out later, there was a reason why the woman didn't respond or raise her hand or stand when the left knee was called out. It was because Teresa and this woman had been in a horrible feud for a number of years. And God gave the miracle breakthrough, the word of knowledge, to one of them for the other. And in one moment, a feud was ended and a miracle took place. 
This is the love of God. The love of God knits us together as people. The love of God knits us together as people. When one is healed, we're all healed because we're members of one another. When one gets a breakthrough, we all are getting a breakthrough. If we would learn how to see life that way, we would always live in courage because we'd always see that God is doing something great around us. Why would God give a supernatural insight about someone's condition to help them know that they are known? You see, it's God's will that people be made whole. You want scripture for that? Matthew chapter 6, verse 9, it says, His kingdom come, His will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Are there any sick people in heaven? Are there any infirmed people in heaven? Is there any disease or poverty or oppression? on earth as it is in heaven. Everyone that came to Jesus was healed. He didn't say, ah, blind Bartimaeus, you should have been here yesterday. There was a great anointing for the blind yesterday. Ten blind people saw yesterday. If you had just been here yesterday, you would have gotten your breakthrough. <laughs> yep, Benny Hinn was here yesterday, you know, could have gotten healed then. <laughs> I love Benny Hinn. He's amazing. He lives here, you know. He's a good guy. God bless him. Why would God highlight someone? To let them know that he knows where they're at. To let them know they're special. When a word of knowledge is released, faith is released with it. If we would learn how to receive when God's speaking, we would actually receive the full benefit of it. Been in a lot of meetings where we just start calling stuff out. We just said, God's healing this over here. A few weeks ago, one of the team called out, there's someone getting healed over on this side of the room. God's giving them a brand new thyroid. We got a report back that that woman actually had a tumor, a cancerous tumor in her thyroid. It completely disappeared. The doctors didn't find it anymore. So good. God's faithful. We've been seeing people get healed here every week. Why would God highlight one or highlight a few to let them know that they're special? and to let them know that he cares. If I could get the team to come up, we're just going to call out some stuff. Uh, I told them beforehand, we're going to call out some conditions. All I need from you during this time is to raise your hand when someone calls out your need. We'll pray for everything. But what happens during this time, God's been speaking to the team through the service, specifically, yeah, specifically about things in the room that need breakthrough. Maybe you came here and you're like, came in faith that God was going to heal you. Maybe you came here and you didn't come in faith. Maybe you came here and you don't even know why you're here. Maybe you came here and you're like, I just came here because my mom made me come here. I've been to plenty of services where my mom made me come. I'm glad she did because it worked out really good in the long run. But God knew that you were going to be here. And God knew that he wanted to meet you. So when they call out the um, thing that's going on in your life, I asked him to just call out uh, physical stuff. If we have emotional stuff, you could just say, yeah, I feel like God's releasing joy over people, you know, things like that. That'd be fine. But uh, we won't pray for physical stuff because it's very testable in the moment. What I'm going to have you do is after they call out your condition, you raise your hand. At the end, we're going to have you stand, and the people around you are going to pray for you. Why? Because the same Holy Spirit that empowered those two disciples to say, look at us, is the same Holy Spirit that can empower you today to say, look at me, he's with me. Turn to your neighbor and say, look at us. We have it. Awesome. 
Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. Be sure to visit our website at presenceoc.org to find out more about Presence Church.